Today on The Upside, there is a question that you have asked us over and over and over again. And today, we're going to answer that question. Well, we're going to start to answer it. It'll be a work in progress over the next few episodes of the podcast. I can't believe that we haven't dived into, dove into this yet, dived into this yet. I, because seriously, I probably get asked on a daily basis. Living in gratitude, finding the positive in every experience, and helping other people do the same. You are now part of the movement. Welcome to the Upside Podcast with Callie and Jeff. I am headed out of town today. I'm going to Florida for the next few days to be a part of something called Podcast Movement. It's a podcasting industry convention. And I have to be honest, my biggest Fear, my biggest source of anxiety related to this trip, Callie, is your survival without me. Because you think I just need you so much that I can't function without you? What did you ask me 10 minutes before we started recording? Um, Was it if you could make me a couple lunches before you left? <laughs> you, she asked me to make her to pre-make, not just form the patty, but to pre-cook hamburgers. Because she doesn't know how to make a hamburger. Here's the thing is I don't really need to know how to make a hamburger because I have you, nor do I want to take time out of my day now that, you know, the whole two job thing to take, how long does it take? Like 15, 20 minutes? No, not even that long. That's a long, long time. Not I'd even rather just have something in the fridge with the rest of my meal prep and then just throw it in the microwave. When you, oh God, so you're going to microwave quality meat? Is there something wrong with that? Well, you just shouldn't do that. Like there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with taking, all it is is you take the ground, whatever, right? The, yeah. The, the beef or the bison or the turkey or whatever it is that you have ground, you make it into a patty, little salt, little pepper, and then you put it, there's nothing easier in the world to use than a gas grill. So you put it on the gas grill or you put it in a skillet. I don't think other, no, actually, I don't think I've ever even opened a grill while something is on it. Like I know how to open it, but I don't do, I am always in the presence of people that love to grill, including yourself. So I've never had to fend for myself on the grill. I wouldn't, I don't know how to make a steak. I don't know how to make a tenderloin. I don't know how to make any of these things. A steak and a tenderloin though could be considered complicated. I just am so fascinated that you have gone your entire life without ever making a hamburger and cooking it. But it's, <laughs> you're a dude. It's, I think it's, it's different. I could make a lasagna. It's like not making toast. Like, no. Do you think there is an adult uh, who does not know how to make toast, who has never put toast in a bread? That's in a so different. Because a grill is really intimidating and there's like fire. You can stovetop cook a burger in a pan. Yeah, that's kind of gross though. All right. Don't you think it's a little gross? So what's a stovetop burger? So what is your order? What food do I have to prep for you? Well, what I was thinking is, is if you are available and able to, that maybe I would like bison burgers for lunch on two of the days and then maybe like a steak. Okay. Which you do so well, baby. It's a compliment to you. You and have I, steak. Your dad sent you home. I know. Recess. I have steak for three lunches. Like I cut it all into portions today and it's it's only enough for three. So, days. and I'm going to be missing Tuesday, Wednesday, oh, four lunches. So you need two more steak lunches and you need two burger lunches. 
No, I just need a, I just need three. So whatever combination, like two bisons and a and a piece of steak and a piece of steak or whatever. I'm yeah. And when did this red meat thing? Start? I don't know. It's so weird. I never want to eat red meat. I think it's because I've been eating healthy for what two months, and I've had a lot of chicken, and I'm just kind of feeling. Somebody right now is already writing to you, typing, going, you're pregnant. You're pregnant and your body's craving the iron. I'm literally not. You're craving the iron. Physically impossible. Drink the blood. Physically impossible. (laughs) That's what you need to do. That's why your body's telling you something. It's getting ready to breed. That's why your hips are wider. Shut up. Oh my gosh. (laughs) You're so annoying. All right. I will make you three lunches. And what are you going to do for dinner? Uh, Dinner affair. Okay. So dinner's covered and I'm good. And I also told my best friend that she might have to babysit me because I really, whereas Jeff does not feel the need to be around people all the time, I like, he's my person and I'm kind of mildly, not so mildly obsessed with him. And I get really sad when he leaves. I don't, it's not that I, I don't know. It's not that I can't function without you. I just would rather be with you than without you. So you're going to bring in a replacement, me, while I'm gone for one dinner. Is that what you're saying? What do you mean a replacement? Didn't you just say you're going to have your best friend come? To, oh, Chrissy. Chrissy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so it's not a replacement. It's just a, a she's going to tag in and enter- entertain me for a night. This is so awkward because it happens every single time we are apart from one another. Callie springs this on me. Are you going to miss me or did you miss me? I do all the time because I miss you from the second we hug goodbye. My heart starts hurting. And then when you leave, it just makes me sad. And I miss you the whole time, literally the whole time. And even when I wouldn't be with you because I'm at work, you know, like I'm at work and you, you just feel further away. Well, but the problem comes from when you grill me, like, are you going to miss me or did you miss me? Cause grill the, you like a burger? The, <laughs> <laughs> we know it's not like that. <laughs> the, the answer is always no, I'm probably not going to miss you. Like, I'm probably, like, I'm not, I don't, I don't know why I don't have that. What do you think missing means? I don't know. Like, I'm going to be fine. I know you're going to be fine. I don't think you're going to die without me, but you aren't going to say, wow, I really wish Callie was here. No, because you're going to be a text (laughs) message away. But it's the, it's a podcast convention. We just launched our podcast. Like you're not going to feel any sort of little pang saying, wow, I wish Callie were here. When you go to bed at night, you're not going to roll over and be like, oh, I really wish Callie was here. No, because I, not at all, because I'm not going to have to worry about every, you know, every single night when I come to bed, you, part of your body is on my side. Yes, because I want to be near you. And I have to physically move it to get in. How sweet am I? How sweet am I? And so Callie Springs, and I don't know if I should lie and be like, oh, I've missed you so much. Or if I should be honest and say, no, I'm not, I'm not going to miss you. Not, I didn't miss you. Like I got down there. I immediately went to some of the podcast meetings. I went and networked, went to bed, woke up the next day, repeat, went to bed, woke up the next day, repeat, came home. Yeah, but you're not even going to, I just can't get past the fact that when you're gone, you don't think, because when I'm gone. I do think of you. And and when I think of you, I text message you. I know, but it's not the same as being in my presence. 
I mean, when I'm away from you, overrated. I'm like, wow, I wish the chef was here right now. Physical presence is overrated. No way. Yep. I could. Well, I, at least I don't have to worry about you and your physical presence with someone else. <laughs> no, yeah. Physical presence is completely overrated. That's true. Because Jeff wouldn't cheat for the soul for the soul, you know, reason that he uh, wants to enjoy his alone time. <laughs> stranger danger. Like that's <laughs> baby. I like this. I am not going to argue with you. I am totally good with you being anti stranger. I'm, I'm good. I am so excited for this convention or this conference. I don't know what the difference is. And I am excited that I'm excited because I was a person who made fun of conventions up until this one. Oh, and ever since I've known you, you made fun of conventions. Because I have been in radio. It's the only like real full-time adult job that I've ever had. And there's mm. there's there's a radio convention every single year that I more often than not go to. And it is, it's a fantastic industry convention. But I've just been so many times that I became jaded about the whole thing. It's almost like going to summer camp when you're on your, you know, like, you're at, you're, you've been there, you know, the songs, you know what you're going to have for lunch every day. You just know kind of how it goes. So there's no wonderment of, Oh, I wonder who I'm going to see this year. Right. Everybody goes and it's the thing. And I feel bad because the, the radio convention really is a well put together and really it's, it's a good thing. And I am, am mad at myself be for becoming jaded at that because now that I'm going to this new event, I am, I feel invigorated mm -hmm. and I am remembering that like 20 years ago, my presence at a conference changed my life. Like I wouldn't be here right now sitting across from you and talking to everybody listening to this podcast without attending a convention. And then I started to think about Wait, it. Wait, how though? I Just networking. I went to a radio convention, and while I was there, I met a guy who would eventually hire me to go to Tucson, Arizona. And this mm -hmm. is a true story. This is how he hired me. Uh, I was in Boston at the time, and I was producing a radio show in Boston, and it was the radio station is jamming 94.5. <laughs> and I think it's still around. And the guy who hosted the morning show there used to do these things, these prank phone calls called jam scams. Mm -hmm. And I used to, not all of them, but some of the phone scams, I would record them. Like I would be the, the prankster, mm -hmm. but then I would edit out my own voice and let the morning show host edit his, uh, and I would edit the morning shows. I would like write him a script. Got it. So you were executing it and he was voicing it. Yes. And I got enticed to come to Arizona to do mornings out there. Because the host of the morning show said, you can do your phone scams on our station and I'll let you keep your voice in it. That's awesome. Who was it? In that mojo. And then I went out there and they said, you can keep your voice in it, but we're going to call you omelet. <laughs> <laughs> and then the omelet thing started. Yes. So, but that was a, that, that time in Tucson and working with Mojo was, was the, like one of the most instrumental. And then that led me to where I am now. And so I have this, like, I don't know, like this more 30,000 foot view of conferences where mm -hmm. I'm like people who are going to be at this conference this week, their lives are going to change. Like there are yeah, people there. Yeah, it could that, be yours. I know, but there's, there's going to be people there who, um, 
are networking or meet the right people. And eventually, maybe tomorrow, maybe next month, maybe in a year from now, but the connections made at this conference is going to change their life. And I'm just excited to be around that energy. That's so cool. And I love that you're thinking about that. I think you need to, you know how we were talking in the last episode about savoring experiences, like really stopping to think and, you know. Yeah, the uh, absurdly simple thing that makes the happiest people in the world so happy is savoring moments. Yes. So I also think that you should do that for that reason. But I think you should bottle up how you feel when you're there. So in three years, when maybe you don't have that burst of energy, you can channel that feeling again and you'll get just as excited. When I become the kaji old guy at the podcast, it's kind of like, oh God. <laughs> well, I hope you're not like that. But I was thinking about this, what, probably a couple weeks ago. I had I was super tired at work and I remembered, I would thought back to my very first week in the building I'm in now and how excited I was. And I got chills all over again. I was like, oh my gosh, I get to work here. Like I remember my first day walking in the door and looking up because we're in a huge building and seeing all the people that looked so busy and important. And I was like, I can't believe that I get to work here. So bottle that feeling up when you're there and try to soak it in as much as you can. So when it becomes kind of a more normal thing, you can be like, Oh my gosh. I remember when I first went and I was so freaking excited. And when you feel like you're running out of steam, that'll be a good day to pull that out. It's actually a great piece of advice for anyone who feels kind of blah about wherever you are Mm -hmm. right now. You know what I mean? Like I would hate to think that there's a teacher who's feeling blah about school because it's only been but maybe yeah, a week. Yeah. But like, if you're feeling like, uh, try to think back to like your first year teaching and the excitement mm-hmm. you had and the optimism you had about changing kids' lives and stuff. And no matter how jaded you might feel about the system, I don't know why I made finger quotes, but when I refer to the system, but whatever, like, try to go back to day one, whatever your occupation is. Yeah. And get excited about it all over again. It's really cool when we can do that. And you can kind of, it's kind of fun to sit down and remember. You've had fun remembering how it was in radio when you walked into your first convention and you're like, wow, this is the coolest thing ever. Don't you have a story from your first radio convention about how you were dressed or is that from a radio convention? And how, was I dressed really poorly or overdressed? I don't remember. Weren't you, did, weren't you carrying a station duffel bag or something, or you didn't have a, a suitcase or something oh, no. like that? That's, you're mixing up two oh, stories. Oh, never mind. Okay. But I went to, and I have never forgotten this, this moment, but I was in Tucson working with Mojo, and we had an opportunity to go interview for a job in Dallas. Mm-hmm. And it's such a weird, small world radio is but the the guy who we interviewed with in Dallas is ultimately the guy who hired me to come to Atlanta that's crazy right but his name's Brian Phillips and he's actually back in Atlanta doing radio uh but we we were in Dallas for like 48 hours mm-hmm. so we landed at the airport we took a taxi to our hotel uh, Brian picked us up, took us to dinner, took us backstage to an Eric Clapton concert. Oh my gosh, was, that's insane. So wild. Uh, and then the next morning, picked us up at our hotel. And I, I think we were going to go to breakfast with some 
some people at the radio station or go see the radio station or mm-hmm. I don't remember what, what it was, but I had a blue duffel bag. I can still see it clear as day in my head. It was a, a blue duffel bag and it had an NBC Sports logo on it. And that's what I was using as my overnight bag. It was like a swag bag, like something you got for free. It was 100% something that got sent to the radio station. And it was fine, but I was not working for NBC NBC Sports. Mm -hmm. And it was just, it was fine. But Brian made a joke uh, to me or to Mojo and said something like, Hey, aren't you paying this guy enough to, to that he can he doesn't have to use a free suitcase or something like that? Mm-hmm. And I just remember thinking at that moment how uh important impressions were. Yeah. And I was like, I will never do that again. Like I'll never like it was And a, he wasn't making fun of you no. at all. He was just making a comment. You're like, wow, he noticed the super big fancy guy that is interviewing me for a job noticed. He took me backstage to Eric Clapton. Yeah. And I owned a suitcase. Right. Like it, it like a pl- but I was just like, ah, that one's too big. And I just I I don't know. It was just like one of those moments in life where I'm like, oh, huh. People notice that. Details Details matter. Yeah. Yeah. So I love that story. We want to say a happy birthday to Ethan, who turns 11 years old today. Happy birthday, Ethan. And thanks for listening, of course, with your mom to the Upside Podcast. Yes. (laughs) Uh, In the car, I think, on the commute to school. So I hope you have a good school year and a good 11th year of life. Uh, All right. So here's the thing. Callie and I have gotten asked over and over and over again the same thing. And it's kind. It's to me, it's a little bit of an odd question. It is a really odd question because I know it's kind of a big deal and kind of in right now or trendy. But um, I just people. I mean, this is like a cult. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. People are very passionate about it. Yeah, they're super passionate about it, and we get asked. I think I've actually been asked twice yesterday, not today yet. What is your Enneagram number? And w- I think that I've taken the test. I I think that I was a six, but I don't remember. I think I've taken it and I think I'm a two, but I took one of those free, hey, find out your Enneagram number in five minute things. So I'm not sure if that's legit or like it's something that your psychologist administers. Like I don't really know where people are taking this. Well, what we're going to do is I found a woman. Her name is Sarah Jane Case, and she has a podcast and an Instagram account, and it's called Enneagram and Coffee. That's the name of both. Mm -hmm. So go to Enneagram and Coffee on Instagram. You'll see that she has over 420,000 followers. Holy crap. All of her posts are like in-depth Enneagram posts, which don't make any sense to me, at least not yet. Okay. So uh, she is on hold and- Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, rather than us try to read the internet and regurgitate what Enneagram information is, let's welcome to The Upside with Callie and Jeff, Sarah Jane Case. Welcome to the show. Hello, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for for taking the time. We know how busy you are. Listen, we're getting inundated with people wanting to know 
what our numbers are. But before we <laughs> even go down that road, can you do you have like a, a two minute explanation for what Enneagram is? Yeah, so the Enneagram is a model of human psyche. Oh, wait, it's, have I been have we been saying it wrong the whole time? How do you say it? Um, well, I, it, Enneagram. Enneagram. Enneagram, okay. Okay, see, this is, we've already failed the this test. This is why we need you. <laughs> yeah, we've already failed the test because we've been pronouncing it wrong. Okay, the Enneagram. Yeah, you actually can fail the test. <laughs> okay, so, uh, so the Enneagram test, what's it all about? The Enneagram is a model of human psyche. It's taught as nine distinct personality types. So each personality type has a basic fear, a basic motivation, and that informs kind of the patterns of behavior that we fall into as people. And where did it come from? Like, is there, was there like a Dr. Enneagram or <laughs> where, where, what's the history behind it? It's kind of a, it's like such an old practice that's been kind of added on to, tweaked here and there. So there's really no concrete, definite source. The last person who um, mentioned where they got it from, they said they got it from Afghanistan. Some people believe it has Sufi origins. Um, so basically, we don't quite know. Um, but you, it really became popular here um, around the 60s. And do you know, I feel like there's been a resurgence in mm -hmm. interest in it. Because I, I, I've heard of it before, but now all of a sudden over the past year or so it's everywhere yeah. yeah i you know i took it up to kind of where we are as a society right now i think our culture is very much um moving in the direction of self-reflection self-confidence self-love and the enneagram really supports the honest work of self-care and self-love like looking at your stuff and dealing with it and um also celebrating what's great about you and, and that's my theory. That's so upside by bitch. I, I love it. <laughs> and that, and that's, uh, and it also like tells you how to deal with other people. Right. So like you get your score mm -hmm. and then like Callie will get her score and, and we'll know how to, how we work with each other and how we fight with each other and all that. Right. Yeah, I think ultimately what I, the way I approach the Enneagram is that it's this incredible tool for compassion, um, both for other people and for yourself. You know, the ability to really understand not what we're doing, but why we're doing it. And I think it's hard to hold grudges or resentments when you really understand why someone's doing it, what they're afraid of. Um, and that gives us the ability to meet them with love and compassion and understanding instead of like kind of responsibility hot potato. Like, why are you doing this? get it away from me. Um, yeah. So I think it's, it can be an incredible tool for compassion and understanding. All right. Now, if, if you put a Google on it, there's a million places to take it, right? Where, where would mm -hmm. you, cause what Callie and I want to do is we want to take it. Yes. And yep. then, and then have you come back on the show once we have our respective scores and you can tell mm -hmm. us that we should get divorced as quickly as possible. <laughs> We should we should move into we should move into separate homes, divide up our possessions, and never speak again. That's not very upsetting. That's actually the advice I give everyone, no matter what your numbers are. <laughs> just call it. Yeah, <laughs> marriage is hard. Um, so, so yeah, I honestly would say if you're going to take a test, pay for it. Um, the best test out there is integrative9.com. And you, their lowest price point is $20. I think it, you can get like more in-depth reports from up from there. 
Um, because these free tests are actually more confusing than helpful, to be quite honest, because they're just kind of inac- they're pretty inaccurate. So either take that test or read through um, the numbers and see which one you identify with the most. And is that integrative nine as in spelled out in I-N-E or is it the number nine? Oh, good question. It's the number nine. Okay, perfect. All right. And how, uh, two questions about taking the test. How yes. how much time should you spend on the test? Because I do think I've taken it in the past or something similar in the past. And it's, it's, if I remember correctly, it's fairly in depth. I mean, it's not a whole day's worth of work, but how much time should you spend on the entire test? Yeah, for the integrative one, around thirty to forty minutes is normal. Um, any longer than that, then they're gonna they're gonna actually um, act like assess your accuracy that maybe you overthought your answers and any shorter than that they're going to think you weren't paying um you weren't really giving it much thought oh okay oh great so they're judging me for overthinking that's great (laughs) (laughs) yes it feels great it's so exciting (laughs) and does your mood affect like do you should you be in a certain headspace when you take the test Oh, good question. Yeah. So your test can actually reflect, yeah, like if you're having, if you're feeling triggered and defensive, you might show up as like your stress number. So if you can be as objective as possible, um, that's the best case scenario. The other thing is make sure that you're being really honest about your answers, because a lot of times when you give an answer, it's off of like what you should do or what you think you're supposed to feel. So a lot of women in our society type as a type two because it can look like what we feel like we should supposed to be. Um, so if we can, if you get really honest about, well, yeah, I think I'm supposed to be helpful, but if I'm honest, I'm not as helpful as <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's so that's, interesting. That's me at least. We're going to take the Enneagram test with the website you the suggest. What? Say it right. Enneagram mm-hmm. test. There we go. Um, at integrative9.com. And then will you come back on with us and talk to us about what we find out. Yeah, I can't wait. Okay. Perfect. I'm so excited. I love stuff like this. I love positive psychology and I am just like all over this. Sarah Jane case can be found on Instagram at Enneagram or I'm sorry, Enneagram, Enneagram and coffee. Uh, And then there's a link there over to her podcast. So uh, if you are already into the Enneagram thing, her Instagram is going to be a party for you. Super awesome. I am also oddly insecure about, did you, she said that women always think they're twos and I think I'm a two. And you said that right (laughs) at the beginning. You're like, I think I'm a two. I thought that when she said it, Uh, I'm pulling, I'm pulling up her, um, uh, Instagram right now because her latest post is uh, superlatives, like what your superlative is per your number. What's a two? A two would be most likely to get married to their high school sweetheart. No. And I'm I thought I was a six, most likely to keep in touch. Nope. No. Uh, all right, so we'll take that test. Would you, what's the website again? Innovative nine? In, integrative nine. In a great event. No. We'll link it up. We'll put it in the show yeah, notes. Yeah, we'll put it in the show notes. We'll put it in the show notes. Okay, so thank you, uh, Sarah Jane Case. We'll talk to you again after we take the test. And then a quick programming note, because I will be traveling for the next couple days, but Callie is proceeding without me. But not really without Jeff. But you're, yeah. But you'll be hosting the shows 
that will be featuring the audio that we recorded as practice. Yeah. So Jeff's voice is still going to be on it. I'm going to introduce you to the show for the rest of the week, but we're going to jump right into the literal first episodes we ever recorded together, which I think we have what eight backpiled. We're going to share three of them with you and you're going to love it. And uh, we're actually sharing four because uh, I pulled the very, very first time we sat down and turned microphones on just to see how the equipment worked. And we kept getting interrupted by the dogs. Yeah, it was kind of a disaster, but it was good. It was good. It'll be funny to listen to that. And um, in the midst of all of it, this is a true story, a member of one of the biggest boy bands in the world pops on in the middle of one of our shows. True story. Yes, 100% true. Thank you for listening to The Upside Podcast with Callie and Jeff. Please make sure you subscribed so you never miss an episode of The Upside. Can you believe we've been saying Enneagram wrong this entire time? (laughs) I swear I thought it was Enneagram, but I'm going to go with the person who has more Instagram followers than me. Maybe we should have done a little research after all. It wouldn't have hurt (laughs) us to watch a three-minute YouTube video before we got on with it.